Hi everyone, it's Gabby here. If we haven't met yet, I'm the Student Success Coordinator here at Food BizWiz. I support our Retail Ready students by helping with behind the scenes logistics, ensuring that you have the most up-to-date resources for your food business once you join our course and our student community. With this perspective, I get to see what questions are at the top of food founders' minds. One of my absolute favorite parts of doing this series is connecting listeners and students with content that we already have here on the podcast. I'll be revisiting a few episodes of the Food Biz Wiz podcast in the next few months, and I know that they're going to be full of timely and resonant takeaways for you. Today, specifically, we're revisiting episode 102, which is titled How and Why to Show Up for Racial Justice and Inclusion in the Packaged Products Industry with DEI consultant Jennifer Yepes Blundell. Taking an active stance for racial justice is incredibly important, but it can also feel intimidating. In this episode, Ali and Jennifer discuss one, the compelling facts and whether consumers care about DEI, two, the stats around brands that do speak up around DEI, and three, how you can start to take a look into DEI actions, DEI actions for your brand. Without further ado, let's get started. I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard-to-access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. This episode is sponsored by Retail Ready, my online course for emerging food brands who are looking to grow their wholesale business. I've been teaching Retail Ready for about six years, and this year in 2021, we'll hit our 1,000th brand to enroll in the course. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me, and nearly 24-7 access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts. So whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms, I would love to see you join us when the course opens again. So jump on to the waitlist to be the first to know when we welcome in new food, beverage, and taxable grocery brands. You can find the waitlist in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com under the heading Retail Ready. Welcome, Jennifer. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Hi, Allie. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I want to give a little bit of context around how we got connected and why this conversation feels so important. So Jennifer, as I as I told you before, and I think my audience knows this, that I've been working with a DEI consultant internally here at Food Biz Wiz for the past year or so. And gosh, I have, I've learned so much, so many lessons about showing up for our audience, leading with our values and unpacking, you know, my own biases and behaviors around race. So we've had these conversations, you know, all around this within our, our retail ready community, you know, on past podcast episodes. And one of our students 
posted about the Hella Social Impact and your upcoming six-week DEI trainings for CPG brands inside of our student group. And I knew I just had to reach out and learn more. So Jennifer, you were you were so open to getting on <laughs> Zoom with me for introducing me to your work and frankly, for saying yes to coming on the podcast when I blindly pitched this to you. So I'm really, I'm really glad that we made that connection. Yeah, so, of course. Um, thank you for being so open to that and just uh, answering my cold email to you. Yeah, so, no problem. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. We've got a lot to talk about today. I feel like, you know, like I said, this, this conversation is going to span a lifetime. But before we dive in, let's, let's start from the top. So can you tell our audience about that role that you play, you know, like I said, both as an entrepreneur and a consultant working at this, this really interesting intersection of diversity, equity, and inclusion and brand marketing. And and maybe start by telling us how you got started with that work. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been moving between brand side and agency side for my entire career, right? So building brand marketing strategies, multicultural strategies, uh, brand partnership development, um, always with the lens of inclusion and racial equity. I think it just comes from my personal ethos and where my identities al- align, mm-hmm. identifying as female, Latina, I identify as a caregiver in the form of a mother and a wife. So my mission has always really been to push brands and marketers and media past these default narratives. Um, and with Hella Social Impact, you know, we're not your typical diversity, equity, mm-hmm. and inclusion consultants. We're working at that intersection of DEI and, and marketing communication. So we're, we're building strategies for companies who recognize that they have to show up for racial justice, but perhaps they just don't quite know how to move forward. So we help our clients to ensure that those internal values match their external commitments. So ultimately, we we want our clients to make that social impact, to do the work, to tell their story, and and to gain customer trust. Yeah, and I mean, I've I've had that lived experience, right? You know, especially, gosh, like last May after the murder of George Floyd and the like huge expansion of Black Lives Matters. I I was like, I need to show up in this capacity and I have no idea where to start. I was really scared. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. You know, there, there were so many questions around it. And that, you know, again, is where I turned to a consultant to help me knowing that I couldn't, I just couldn't do it on my own. Right. And that's fantastic. So, you know, thank you for doing that work and for showing up and noticing, okay, before I put something out in the universe, let me educate myself or figure out what's the correct journey for me. So, so great job there, Allie. (laughs) Thank you. I didn't, I'll I'll be clear. I didn't say it for the praise. Um, But I I guess more to say that um, we have these conversations inside of Retail Ready and it, and I, I feel like brands don't know where to start and they're intimidated by this work. Uh, they're afraid to mess up. They're afraid to put a stake in the ground and, and lead with their values, especially when it's, it's, it's this work that feels, um, I don't know. It's so intimate, at least for me, it was really intimidating. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing a lot of, it's on two ends of the spectrum there, right? So it's, I'm afraid, I don't know what to say, or if I'm just going to say something and then it doesn't really matter because as long as I get a statement out. Mm. And so, you know what, that's what we really do is making sure that companies and brands are walking the walk and talking the talk, right? Mean what you say, (laughs) say what you mean. And we've been seeing a lot of that, a lot of virtue signaling, a lot of these grand public displays to demonstrate your 
quote unquote, good character, what your Mm -hmm. position is on inclusion and racial justice. I think, Ali, there was something like, you know, 28 million black squares posted on Instagram last year in support of black lives. But, you know, what we saw is that consumers were quick to follow up on a brand's promises and consumers were asking, what advancements have you made, right? What are those commitments? What have you been able to see through? Where's the data? Like, show me the accountability. So that's really what we'd come in to help our clients to see where you are in that racial justice spectrum. Mm -hmm. What external commitments, statements have you made? What does your marketing and tone of voice portray? But then also, again, to, to walk the walk, take a look internally. What's the makeup of your employee base, your partners, your stakeholders, you know, and then from there, we just help them build strategies to really ensure that that alignment is there, that anything that they're amplifying is in fact true. Um, and then just linking arms with them and acting as their accountability partner to ensure that that they're making an impact along mm. the journey. Mm. Yeah, I, I gosh, I feel like that accountability piece is is so important. And even I I like this idea of our consumers holding us accountable too. you know, it's, you can't just post a black square and (laughs) check that off your list and all of a sudden be uh, inclusive in your business. It goes so much further than that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start at that higher level. Tell me a little bit more about Hella Social Impact and who you guys are and, and give me that one liner on what you do for brands. Yeah, absolutely. Again, so we're we're helping our clients make an impact. So to do that work, to tell their story, to gain customer trust, because as I said earlier, you know, brands are needing to gain credibility in this space. Um, and, and customers are buying from brands that publicly align to their values, right? DEI is no longer just the responsible thing to do morally. It's also that competitive advantage. Um, But we know customers and consumers are demanding to know where you stand for racial justice. You're either helping break down the system um, to rebuild a new, healthier one, or you're part of the problem. Mm, Yeah, it sounds, uh, I mean, rightfully so, but it sounds so extreme when you put it like that. Well, I mean, it is. It's like, what yeah. what side of history do you want to be on here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we're seeing a lot of you know brands can't make just simple public statements anymore and keep doing business as usual. It's not acceptable, um, and it's not a good look. And it's only a matter of time before you get called out. And yeah. we've been seeing a lot of that cancel culture too. Yeah. Um, sure. But you know, our desire is is not to call out. It, it's it's to call in because we mm. want brands to have social impact. We want you to make authentic commitments and to bring about real change. Right, right. The change doesn't come if it's all superficial. Correct. It's just the social media posts and such. So what makes what makes Hella Social Impact different from other DEI consultants? Yeah, it's that it's that we're working right at that mm. intersection of racial justice and inclusion and marketing. So making sure again that those companies are walking the walk and, and talking the talk and and helping them build that strategy to make sure that they're not um, putting falsities out into the world and that yeah. they are being inclusive in nature. Yeah, I I like that you add in that that marketing side because it is it's one thing to just <laughs> you know put up some values on your website or you know start like poking behind the scenes in your business which is which is great, right? Like those are those are steps to do, but it it has to go deeper and connect to your marketing strategy especially when you are a business or selling a packaged product, right? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and again, it goes back to to the data and what the data shows us, right? And and people who are um, buying your products, right? These mm-hmm. consumers, they they want companies to take a stand on systemic racism. I think you know they're they're you're four and a half times more likely to gain trust than lose it if you, if you're speaking that language. And wow. and brands that address racial issues are four times more trusted by consumers. And you know, and that's across all races. Wow. So you know, companies who are moving forward in their inclusion and equity journey are higher performing and they're attracting a, a loyal customer base. Mm, that's so interesting because I, I can imagine that some of our listeners are here and they're like, okay, Allie, like, you know, I, I hear you, like, those are great stats, but my consumers, my audience doesn't want to hear about that. Um, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about that in a bit, but I think that's, it's an important thing that we, we get a lot, like, you know, good for, good for that other brand, like not so great for me. I'm going to, I'm going to lose business over it. Um, so I promise our listeners, we're going to address that question. Cause I think it's, I think it's a bit, a big one. And Jennifer, I know that we're going to talk a little bit more about this six week upcoming cohort that you guys are doing, but before we do, I, I want to dive a little bit deeper about hella social impact. And, and I understand like that you guys are working on the marketing side of things, which I think is just brilliant, but what does it mean for your clients? Like, what do they actually, what do they actually accomplish when they work with you? And, and what impact does that have on their business? Yeah, again, I mean, it goes back to they're gaining credibility, and they're mm-hmm. gaining trust, and they're, they're attracting new net new customers. And they're also attracting newer talent mm. to these oh, brands to yeah. help move them forward, right? So again, yes, it is about external you know, marketing, what you're putting out into the world, but it's also who you're attracting internally. Right. And again, the data is there. If you have a more, more diverse, inclusive internal culture, you're going to be more productive, more creative, more innovative. Um, and, and if you're a brand who's not interested in that, then stay in your silo, right? Because then there's someone else that's coming up who is going to, um, you know, take your sack lunch. <laughs> totally. And, and what I hear you saying too, is that if you want to attract this diverse talent, you've got to do the internal work first, right? Cause you can't just say we want this, you know, beautiful, intelligent, diverse team without building that culture that the team wants to be part of. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, we like to say in our team meetings of you got, you got to get your house in order. You got to clean house. You got to look who, what's around you before you invite others in. So it's, it's key. Oh my God. Cleaning house is such a great analogy there because when, when I was working with, with our consultant, she was like, you know, we use this analogy of like looking, like shedding or shining a flashlight in every corner of our business. And I was like, Oh shoot. Like it means I have to assess my Facebook ads manager and like where she stands. I have to like assess my printing company for our food biz Whiz planner. Like I've got to look at my email software that I'm using and like where they stand on things. It was just, it, it, it felt so, um, intimidating at the beginning. I was like, Oh my God, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of people to research and like, um, almost like sleuthing to do. 
Yeah. I mean, it's important work though, right? It can be daunting. It can feel overwhelming at times, but because now you're, you're looking at things through a new lens, right? And you have to understand that, you know, white supremacy culture and systemic racism is deeply rooted and built into every fabric of our lives. So it's just looking at your daily life Mm -hmm. in a new lens and questioning why. And it's important too, to note, Allie, that again, this is a journey, right? So you don't have to turn on the faucet full force, right? Like let's take it step-by-step and what's acceptable for you and your business to keep moving and to build sustainable change. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And like one of the things that was was kind of neat to realize or like really, really impactful is that we were able to then put some systems in place where as we are bringing on new vendors, let's just say, for for example, uh, new vendors in the, the future, now we have a vetting system from the beginning where we can, can assess them and see if they're aligned with our values rather than going back and feeling like we've got to do the you know, we already did all the cleaning up and now it's, or a lot of the cleaning up, there's still more to be done, but now we've got a process for the future so we can make better decisions moving forward. Right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I, I feel like you've already explained why this work is important, but I want to dig in a little bit deeper. And again, Jennifer, for those people who are like a little bit on the cusp here and they're like, okay, I got a good thing going. Once I posted about uh, racial justice and my followers told me, stick to baking cookies, you know, let's dig in there. Why should brands care about this? Yeah, Allie, I mean, they should care a lot. Right? <laughs> Again, it, it's, it's, it's morally unaccepted. And I feel like the year that we've had yeah. um, between, you know, the global pandemic and the push for social justice, Black Lives Matter, and a push to eradicate white supremacy, we can't unsee this. We mm. just cannot go back. Um, and if your customers are, are saying just stick to making cookies, well, then you know, you have to think about the other half of net new consumers that you could be reaching, right? Yes. Is that a sustainable okay. group of, of folks buying your product? Um, and, and the data is there, right? That nearly 60% of consumers in the U.S. want businesses to be vocal about this. Wow. Um, so if your, your, your customer basis is only like 10%, then you're missing a big piece of that consumer pie if you're not vocal and not doing the work. And, yeah. you know, as a brand owner, as a marketing brand, marketing strategist, you have to take that consumer mindset into account. When we buy a brand, we're buying what it stands for, how it makes us feel, And if a brand is having a conversation, we as consumers want to insert ourselves into that conversation Mm -hmm. to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And that's especially true for our younger consumers, right? Gen Z. And if a brand wants a loyal, long-term brand ambassador, brand advocate, you need to pay attention to the Gen Z mindset. And this generation is more likely than others to call on brands to make a difference. And they're like three times more likely to say that brands should be in service to communities and society. So, I mean, that's something you have to think about as a brand, right? If if your customer is not wanting you just take a stand, like look at that demographic of (laughs) that customer and what is their like life expectancy, not to be crude, but like you need to pay attention to the up and coming and the purchasing power of Gen Z. And again, brands can't ignore and unsee what we've been witnessing. This is very much a shared experience that we're having as humans. 
and we all have a responsibility to do better. Yeah. And it sounds, it, it does sound kind of blunt, but like, I mean, Jennifer, I'll tell you, like I had a couple <laughs> experiences where I would send out an email or post on social media and I would get responses back, you know, like stick to the food industry, like stop talking about politics, you know, stop doing this. And there's, there was just this huge light bulb moment for me where I was like, I don't want those people in my community. I don't Mm -hmm. want them to purchase retail ready. I don't want them coming in and interacting with my students and like bringing that energy into our, our safe space. Um, So, you know, as fast as they can unsubscribe, I will take it. Yeah. And, and, and good for you for knowing that, you know, and, and having your boundaries. And, and again, it's like where you lie, what side of history will you come out on? Yeah. It took a lot though. I mean, it's, it is nerve wracking when you see the unsubscribes and the, you know, unfollows and things like that. But I think just for me, what's been really helpful is that, that constant reminder that that's not the type of person that I want to attract in the first place. Right. And it's, again, it goes back to, um, you know, measurement as well. So for everyone unsubscribe, like I have <laughs> yes. five or 10 new subscribers because of the values that you're um, exhibiting externally and, and internally. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love this. And Jennifer, I love all the, I mean, obviously this is, this is your work. This is your livelihood, but I love all these stats that you have. It's, it makes it so, so real and so, so obvious. It's the, it's the, uh, it's the marketing strategist and planner in me. You gotta, you gotta back it up with data. (laughs) Exactly. Like we could be on this podcast, just, you know, sharing our personal opinions all day long, but that, that data is really showing it that consumers care about this. And and it's out there, right? It's not, it's not a secret. And again, you, you can say it's a moral responsibility, but it's also a competitive advantage Mm. better for business. Yeah, that's a that's a great w- way to look at it as well. Like at the end of the day, we all want higher sales of our products. So, Absolutely. you know, if it almost feels like a win-win, right? Like if you can lead with your values and the result is higher sales, what are you waiting for? Absolutely. Oh, I love this. Okay, Jennifer, we're going to pause right here, take a break with the sponsor and we'll be right back. Hang tight. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and to have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls. And I would love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready enrollment opens again soon. So jump on the wait list in today's show notes or at foodbizwiz.com and save your spot. Okay, Jennifer, we are back and I want to talk, I want to talk more to our listeners who are convinced they're listening to this episode, they're nodding along, and they they don't know how to move forward, right? They they feel called to do so, but they don't know where to go first. I mean, this was me a year ago. So where do they start? Say they want to work with you, like how do they get going? What's tell me about that. Yeah, great question, Allie. You know, before they do the work, they just they need to see where they are on on the map, right? Where are they on their journey in order to map out where they want to go and that destination to be? So for us at Hella Social Impact, when we begin our client work, that starts with a Hella Justice, Hella Racial Justice Spectrum based on our notice, name, and dismantle framework. Mm-hmm. And and you know, we want brands to use this model. So I think for your listeners, 
you know, that number one is notice, right? And that is your organization's ability to see and believe the experiences of racially marginalized group, right? Mm -hmm. To, to notice, to understand that there is a system of white supremacy and it's based on a number of lies that we have to unlearn in order to see the truth. And, and brands can start doing that again by, taking a look internally, right? Who's Mm -hmm. on your board? What's the makeup of your vendors, your partners, your employees? Who's represented in my advertising? Brands can start to take notice of these things um, and then move into to number two next, which is name. And name is your ability to speak truth of racism and to call Mm -hmm. out harm and hold yourself and others accountable in this work of anti-racism. Um, so for example, Allie, I was, I was at a grocery store this weekend. I uh-huh. was at, I was at Kroger okay, and I was walking into the food and wine, the, you know, the wine section, like yep. no judgment. I was buying some, some rose. Of course. Yeah. And it's springtime. I, it's spring. Yeah. It's summer. I guess it's I, summer. Yeah. It's summer. <laughs> yeah. And I noticed this like really highly inappropriate brand display. So it was like this, I'm going to call it a statue. It was like this three and a half foot statue. Um, and it was what I perceived to be a Mexican man. He was okay. wearing a sombrero. Yep. He had a poncho on, he was wearing sandals. He was holding a giant margarita glass with the bottles of this brand inside. Uh, now oh. the case, this case, the brand was, um, Rancho de Groya. Okay. And, you know, so that's an example of like one, absolutely that brand, you know, Rancho de Gloria needs to check themselves yeah. like this. They need yeah. to notice and name that this is an inappropriate, inappropriate, right? It's perpetuating stereotypes that can be highly offensive to consumers, right? Especially sure. the multicultural consumer. Yeah. Um, but you know, in this situation, the brand is not the only one accountable here, right? Mm-hmm. What about mm-hmm. the grocery store chain, right? Yep. Kroger, yep. they have a responsibility to name and call in harm, and to themselves and to others, right? They need to hold others accountable. Yeah. Um, you know, and me being me, I went digging into Kroger's <laughs> code of conduct and, yep. you know, vendor agreements and what they say about equity and inclusion. And mind and you, this is all accessible. I was gonna say, and I'm sure they like have the statements and they've like done the, done the stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, on yeah. their website. It's on their social. Um, yep. and it doesn't add up. Right. right. And, and so distributors like really need to, to pledge to this work as well. And yeah. again, it's not only the responsible thing to do, but it's, it's the competitive advantage. Like if I'm an inclusive brand and I have inclusive marketing and my consumers are aligned, I might not want to show up on your shelves, right? right. Because yeah. if, if you're not actively taking a stand and you're letting a brand be very racist in a brand display, you know, I, I, I don't want my product on your shelves. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and you know, that leads wow. me to, <laughs> let me, let me just interrupt here and say, it's so, in, this is such an interesting example because there were so many checkpoints or touch points where this could have been called out as inappropriate, especially thinking about, you know, these bigger stores like Kroger, you know, I'm speculating here. I don't know this to be true, but that tequila brand probably paid for that end cap, right? Mm -hmm. They got like this prime display. They probably went back and forth on like the price for that display, what the display was going to look like, how big it was, how many units were in that margarita glass, like I right. mean, all of that stuff. And there, again, so many checkpoints where someone could have raised their hand and say like, 
I think we need to think twice about putting this man in a poncho wearing a sombrero to represent our tequila tequila brand. brand. Absolutely. And and that's exactly what I thought when I saw it. It was, you know, my initial thought is like someone inside that brand was sitting around a table or virtual zoom and Mm -hmm. okayed that That. rendering. Right. Cause I mean, it's a 3d lie or, you know, 3d (laughs) statue. So like that's not cheap to make. And you know, that, that starts with a drawing and a concept and someone approved that. And then again, on the other side of Kroger, someone okaying that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That like the, the category manager, the buyer, then I think about like the person literally like putting up the display, like merchandising it. And I, I mean, gosh, I get it. Right. Like there are so many, um, I don't know. I'm, I just imagine being a young merchandiser and, and being on that floor and like putting up that display and feeling so conflicted about doing it. And yet here we, here we have Kroger with their, their inclusion statement public for anyone to see. And that's the path into having that conversation. Right. Absolutely. And that leads me to like number three, right? Which is dismantle and brands mm-hmm. and retail distributors need to, you know, change or eliminate these policies and structures that they have in place that can cause harm, that causes yeah. harm to black and non-black people of color and replace them with policies and structures that are focused on equity and full in- inclusion, right? And yeah. And yep. Kroger, you know, they already have an established partner code of conduct. Again, mm-hmm. easily accessible on their website. They have multiple tabs of, you know, what they expect and a code of conduct. So, you know, by just even adding simple language around, you know, we have a right to say no mm-hmm. to racially harmful or stereotypical brand displays. Yeah. I mean, that is something so simple and tactical, but it's a place to start. Yeah, absolutely. Just that you're right. That simple one line that says like, we have the right to veto this, you know, if you're right. not aligned with, <laughs> with what we're doing internally, we're going to say no. Right. Absolutely. <sighs> Gosh, I, I'm so happy that you gave that example because it's such a strong one and one that I could see so many people overlooking as well, you know, not even walking past that display and not thinking twice about it. So I'm, I'm excited for that to change. Yeah. I mean, and it goes back to your consumer base, right? Cause I, I live in Texas, a high population of Hispanics, And just look at the purchasing power of Mm. U.S. Hispanics, right? Like that's expected to reach, you know, almost $2 trillion by 2023. Oh my God, that's in two years. Yeah, two years. I know, right? (laughs) So this brand and, you know, the the retailer could be potentially alienating a, a large consumer group. Well, yeah. I mean, if you walk into Kroger and you see like a stereotype of yourself and one that like, you know, isn't, isn't you know, what, how you identify, you're like, F no, I'm not going to buy that brand. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I took a couple of pictures and I shared it with, you know, the rest of the Hella team. And again, this is not a call out moment, but it's a call in because we, we want, we want you to do better. Um, and we want you to have a better impact on the world than that. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if Kroger, someone at Kroger is listening to this podcast and they're like, you know what? Now it's our time to do better. Like we can acknowledge where we screwed up here and like we can now create this policy that um, focuses on equity and, and full inclusion. We can create that statement that says we can veto any end cap <laughs> provided by a brand. <laughs> like that would be very cool. Yeah. Let's do, let's do no harm. Right. Yes, and and exactly, that's, and exactly. that, that is, 
not a far, you know, far outlier from who they say they are as a brand now, yeah, right. And yeah. giving back to community, but it's, it's embracing and building that culture of non-harm. Yeah. And I think Jennifer too, like there's at least again, you know, for me, I've had to have acceptance of myself making mistakes and saying the wrong thing or like not or like missing a corner of my business that I forgot to shine the flashlight in. And that's okay. Because like you said, it's, it's a extended journey that we're on. That's going to take time. Yep. Very yeah. true. Oh, okay. So thank you again. Thank you for sharing that example. That was a really good one. So if these, if our listeners are like, I don't want to be, I don't want to <laughs> be the Kroger, um, you know, tell, tell us more about that six week learning cohort specifically for CPG. Yeah. So, you know, this work can be a lot to take in and, yeah. and we are offering that six week action cohort specifically for CPGs and partners. It's called the Hella Intensive. And, and really the purpose is to provide you with just that right, right amount of education, you know, a heavy dose of community connection and, and consultation with us and practice mm-hmm. in order to take action and make your commitments. And it's going to follow that notice name dismantle framework and really gives brands and partners the space to learn, you know, learn how those systems and other form of oppressions can harm black and non-black people of color and how, again, it ultimately impacts the overall health of your business. Um, And it gives you the opportunity to measure how you're currently showing up to determine the work that still has to be done. And then also co-create that strategy, right? Mm -hmm. Really helping you align internally how you're communicating this work to customers and employees and partners to build that trust and to have, to have impact. Yeah. And Jennifer, I think that strategy piece is, is so key. You know, it's, that's the difference between listening to this podcast or attending a free webinar, like whatever it is, like those are great steps too, but at some point you've got to stop consuming the content and actually put the strategy into place in your own business. Yes. Yes. You, you need an action plan. And that's what you get when you work with Hello Social Impact is that action plan because we want to help you get on your journey. And again, we want to link arms with you and be your accountability partner to make sure that you're having social impact in this world. Yeah. So that cohort starts pretty soon. It starts next month, right? In August. Yep. Yep. It's kicking off this summer, August 10th, and everyone can learn more um, at hellasocialimpact.com. Awesome. Okay. So we will put that in the the show notes, of course. Uh, And I just, oh, Jennifer, I'm so happy that you came on the show today, that you were able to shed some light on this, you know, this big topic for our listeners. And I'm just... I can't encourage brands enough to, to join that cohort. You know, of course, like I'll I'll be clear, I haven't worked with you guys directly, but just working with someone who knows what they're doing over this past year has been so, so valuable for me. And I, I want that for our community as well. Yes. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to come and share Um, and, and to learn more. And, you know, I encourage everyone, if you're just semi-curious or you're, you're committed and just don't know how to move forward to, to give us a shout. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, you mentioned your website, any other place where people can find you, or is that the best one? I think, yep. I think that's the best one. Hellosocialimpact.com. Um, there you can just learn about who we are, our services, and then of course that cohort specifically for CPGs and partners. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jennifer. It was great chatting with you. Thanks, Allie. As always, thanks so much for joining us again. 
I hope that this episode encourages you to consider how you can move the dial forward on racial justice in your business practices and how DEI efforts impact your brand. If you're a racial ready student, come, please come and post in the student community and we'll have a bigger conversation on any questions or thoughts you wanted to share. Or if you're part of our greater community, come and join the conversations in our Food Business Facebook group. Link in the show notes. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Whiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.